Welcome to my house. Welcome to the Structure Talk podcast, a production of Structure Tech Home Inspections. My name is Ruben Saltzman. I'm your host, alongside building science geek, Tessa Murray. We help home inspectors up their game through education, and we help homeowners to be better stewards of their houses. We've been keeping it real on this podcast since 2019, and we are also the number one home inspection podcast in the world, according to my mom. All right. Welcome back to another episode. Tessa, how are you doing today? Hey, Ruben. I'm doing well. Long time no see. It feels like it's been a long time since we've chatted, but what has it been? Maybe like a couple weeks, I think. Two weeks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's Anything new? new What's new? going on? Uh, you beat me to it. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, did a recent ski trip, went to Utah, did a little bit of skiing there. It wasn't it wasn't totally a ski trip. It was partial retreat, but we did one day of skiing on Beaver Mountain. They had a 10-foot base of snow there, and the day we skied, we got another 13 inches of snow the day we were skiing. So every time we'd get to the top of the chairlift, we'd have another half inch of snow on ourselves that we'd have to dust off. Oh, my gosh. It was insane. And you know, I'm not big into skiing. I love skiing, but I'm not huge into it. Yeah. Like some people are, but there was some some other guys I was skiing with who basically lived to ski, yeah. and they were just in amazement. They're saying they've never seen anything like this in their life, and they don't really expect to see it ever again. So felt really lucky to be to be there wow. skiing through like 13 inches of just pure powder. I mean, <laughs> we plowed through it, and I mean, you'd be flying down the hill, and there'd be snow just flying up in front of you. It was it was the craziest thing in the world. So that that was. A good time oh my gosh did anybody get hurt no nobody got hurt i and it, it was almost like you couldn't i had a couple nasty wipeouts because i was really pushing it and <laughs> yeah. i mean there was one time where i went forward where i was going through some trees and whatnot and my my ski caught in something and i went sideways and then i went backward and i'm like i'm i'm laying on my back plowing <sighs> snow and i open up my eyes and i'm completely buried <laughs> I'm like oh under the snow and I just kind of started laughing and I had to brush all the snow off of my face. It was, it was like, the only way you're going to get hurt is if you run into something. I mean, there was, into was a tree. so deep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, so the powder protected you. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. It, was a, it was a fun day. Did Anna go with you? No, no. This was okay. a guy's trip. Got uh, it. Well, you know what? The past week I spent a lot of time prepping for a, I was invited to do a human design reading for a group of chiropractors. <laughs> so, a, a human design reading? Yes. Yes. Okay, so tell me more. Any, okay. So for anyone that hasn't heard of human design, it's a, it's basically a system for self-understanding and it combines astrology, the I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, the Kabbalah tree of life, lots of different modalities, and also quantum mechanics too, which is kind of interesting, and astronomy. It helps you understand your own unique energy. It has so many specifics to it that is so accurate on ways to help you live your best life in alignment with how what your gifts are and how your energy works. So if you've ever tried something like, you know, if you've taken the Myers-Briggs or Maxwell Disc, or even in our home inspection world, we did the Acumen Acumax, that's what kind of turned me onto this was diving into understanding each person's unique gifts and talents and who that person really is. And so I found that human design is super accurate and really detailed and even lines out 
like your purpose and how to live in alignment and achieve those, you know, those things that you're put on this earth to do and to use your gifts. So that was, yeah, it is, it is fascinating. So I, I was introduced to human design by a friend like a few years ago and I just dove into it and I was like obsessed with it. And so anyways, yeah. So this past week I was prepping for that. And then just two days ago, went into the Twin Cities and did this reading for nine different chiropractors. So we had nine different charts we were studying and, and that was, it was really, really fun and it was cool. And a lot of people were, you know, interested to, to kind of just like see, see how, you know, maybe some things that you've been struggling with in your life. And then all of a sudden it makes sense when you, when you look at your human design chart. Yeah. So that was a really, really fun, really fun opportunity. Well, I'll, I'll have to talk to you offline. I want to know who these chiropractors were because I feel like I know about a dozen chiropractors and I surely know at least one of the people you were sitting with. Oh, really? I, well, you probably, <laughs> probably. do, Ruben. You know everyone. <laughs> I, but we'll, uh, we won't bore our listeners with those little details. Yeah, we can I, talk offline. Yeah. I, I think you would like them. You would jive with these chiropractors, men and women. I bet. Okay, so enough about human design stuff. I could geek out on that for hours. But I wanted to ask you, Ruben, kind of what what's the topic that we are going to be diving into today? Well, you know, on a recent podcast, you and I were talking about vacant houses and what to do if you're if you're leaving your house for a long time. We got into that and then we we got off on a little bit of a tangent talking about how much power different things use and whether you should unplug a bunch of appliances at your house, like unplug your TV and your stereos and all that other stuff. Cause there's this thing called a phantom load where Mm -hmm. even when an appliance or an electrical device isn't being used for its primary purpose, it's still going to pull some electricity to say, run the clock on your microwave or run the internet connection for your TV because it's waiting for a signal to be turned on. They're always doing mm-hmm. work in the background and yeah, it might not seem like a lot for energy. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, you know, it might not seem like a lot of power for just one appliance, but when you add everything up at your house, it's a lot of, well, that that's the idea yeah. that has been suggested is that it's a lot of power. So mm-hmm. when when we were doing the podcast last, we talked about maybe doing a follow-up experiment. Have you done that already? I, yeah. I, I said, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's, let's go. I'm anxious to do this. I, I was super curious about it. And, you know, I have this device installed in my main electric panel called the Sense Home Energy Monitor. Mm-hmm. It's this device where you get these sensors that wrap around the two main cables coming into your, your electric panel and it gets connected to the internet and you get this app on your phone and you log into your account and it tells you your current power usage. And it also tells you, it it begins to figure out different appliances or different things that are drawing power based on their electrical signature. Like it figured out my garage door opener right away. And you could set it up to give you an alert every time it senses your garage door opener turning on or off. I mean, you can do all these cool things with it, but probably the the coolest, most basic one is just an energy meter. It's a, it's a graph that updates itself every second showing <laughs> how much power is, is being used in your house right this second. And it's an How often do you look graph. at that? Not often. I back when it's I first got it. It's not your screensaver. Can I turn off that TV? Yeah. Too who, much energy. Who, 
Who turned on a light in the basement bathroom? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm I am not that dad. I am not super concerned about our power usage, but back when I first got it, I did spend a fair bit of time just putzing around with it, trying to figure out what actually uses power, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you learn some surprising things. I mean, well, I'm not going to get into all of them right now, but maybe we will get into some. But it, it's a really easy way for you to monitor how much power everything is using. I mean, you can buy these one-off devices. I bought this one device a long time ago called a, uh, it was called a kill a watt. And <sighs> it's a device that plugs into the wall and then you plug something else into it and it measures how much power is coming through it. Hmm. So it's it's really neat, but it takes a long time. It's like you got to leave something plugged in for about a day okay. and then you can see how much it's costing you. But with the sense monitor, you, you see all that data in real time. It's instant. And, and would you say that that kilometer device was fairly in alignment with with the the monitor you have installed in your electrical panel? Were they... Similar they, readings? They, they do. Yeah, I, I'm. I haven't done a side by side comparison because with the sense, it measures everything, and it's not very good at measuring individual items. Okay. The kilowatt is more. I want to know exactly what this one thing is doing over a yeah. long period of time. Yeah. So they they serve different purposes. Different purposes. I'm yeah. assuming they're both accurate. I mean, they got to be within some percentage of accuracy with yeah. of each other. But so I, I thought, let's let's see what this phantom load is. And, you know, the phantom load is all these little things that aren't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. But to establish a baseline, I had to start out by unplugging or shutting off the power to all those things in a house that turn on and off by themselves. Tessa, list a few. I bet you could think of some. Well, I'm thinking like appliances, like refrigerators and yep. microwaves. Well, you're turning well, the, those on and off, so I guess yeah, that's microwave not eye control. The appliance yep. itself, but what about like mechanical systems too, like yeah. an HRV or ERV system? Yes. Or I shut even, that uh, off. Were you brave enough to turn off your furnace? I shut off the furnace. <laughs> okay. Yes. Water heater, <laughs> if you've got you know a power vent water heater potentially. Yep. I've got a power vent water heater, and okay. I'll stop you there because you you got them all. Oh, good. I can't okay. think of any others that uh, turn on and off. Well done, Tess. I knew you'd get there. I may not quickly. be inspecting houses anymore, but but you got a head for this stuff. There we you go. You know how they work. I'm yeah. staying in the game, trying to at least. Yep. So shut all those down. And then I, I went around and shut down some other stuff that kind of has variable power consumption, like my my desktop computer. You know, depending on what's going on, it may pull more power, less power. Shut that off. Desktop computers pull quite a bit of power. And I always leave mine on because yeah. I've always got Google Drive running in the background mm-hmm. and I've got this sync tool. So it's always syncing files that inspectors upload overnight. Mm-hmm. And I always just want it always up to date, but man, it uses a lot of power. I'm, I'm second, I'm second guessing my decision, but t- turned off my desktop, turned off Anna's desktop. She was working from home. Uh-oh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, honey, but uh, she was very gracious. And I, I had her work on her laptop, not connected to a charger. Uh-huh. Um, the, the one thing I didn't turn off is the internet because I need the internet to do this experiment. Yeah. And whether I'm going to, even if I'm going to be gone for a month or two, I want the internet remaining on 
because I want my th smart thermostat to be running. Yeah. I want my water sensors to be connected. Like there's, there's stuff I want to leave on. So yeah. I showed off all the stuff I could think of, established a baseline, and then I went around and I unplugged everything. I, I unplugged the televisions, the laptop chargers, the phone chargers, the microwave, the toaster oven, what else? The coffee maker, six Alexa devices. We got those all over the house. She's That's our intercom listening. system. <laughs> Alexa's always, Alexa knows what's going on in my house. Yes. <laughs> we I, should interview her on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dirt. No, my, my house is very boring. There's, there's nothing I doubt interesting that. <laughs> going on here. But all the Alexa devices, two stereos. Can't remember what else. I'm, I'm sure there are a few other things. But when I was done, I unplugged all this stuff and my total usage dropped by 10 watts, Tess. 10 watts. Really? So after you had like your computer turned off and everything was off, yep. then you unplugged it. That that change was only 10? Well, well I didn't even I didn't even unplug my computer. I just assume that when my computer is shut down, it's not drawing power. Now the monitors, that's a question. So I did unplug the monitors. Okay. I unplugged like there was five different monitors I unplugged. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so how much was that energy usage? 10 watts. Again, 10 watts. 10 watts. What does that translate to in terms of money? Well, if if you figure it's it's 10 watts an hour, they they measure kilowatt hours. That's how they mm -hmm. a, they bill you is is a, a kilowatt hour and it basically means it's 1000 watts in 1 hour is a kilowatt hour. And okay. you pay 14 cents for that or something close to that. We, we pay about 14 cents a, a kilowatt hour. So if we got 10 watts in an hour, you got 24 hours in a day. And then you multiply that times 30 days, 10 times 24 times 30. Mm -hmm. That gets us 7,200 mm -hmm. or 7.2 kilowatt hours. And, and then, so to calculate what that costs, we'd have to multiply 7.2 times 14 cents. That is kind of mind-blowing, actually. I am really surprised by that. I'm shocked, it's, actually. It's not as much as you'd think, is it? No, not at no. all. No. Not and, at and, all. And just, if, if anybody doesn't want to pull out a calculator and do the math, it's 1.008. So one dollar. $1. $1, yeah. You know, I, I feel like this kind of this experiment that you did and the, the results of that are so counter everything that I've been told and taught, like coming from the energy efficiency world and, and stuff years ago. I remember, you know, all the discussion about phantom loads and, you know, and the draw of, of appliances. And so like still to this day ingrained in my head, I'm like, you know, I've got to unplug my computer when I'm not using it and, mm -hmm. and all these things. So it's very interesting that you know, in a house of your size with all these different appliances, it was like $1 a month, not a day, nothing. a month. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. That's so crazy. Do you think that there's, I mean, do you think that the whole phantom load thing, you know, it, it doesn't apply to this. It seems like current modern day, you know, devices, but I, maybe that was a thing like in, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I, Tessa, I think that's exactly it. I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't know, but I mean, I I did a little bit of digging before I did this experiment just to see what 
I should expect to see. And I found this one blog where they're saying, you know, even a laptop charger, just leaving a laptop charger plugged in is going to draw four and a half watts constantly, even without your laptop plugged in. And I thought, wow, that is a lot of power. So I just thought I need to prove this. So I had my wife help me. We took our two laptop chargers and we took one of our kids' Chromebook chargers and we plugged all those in at the same time, staring at my power meter and then we unplugged them and the power meter did not know there was any difference. It didn't go up. It didn't go down. Nothing happened. Huh. There's zero draw. So I think maybe in the day there used to be some old charger. There, there must have been a lot of appliances, yeah. dumber appliances that actually would draw a fair bit of power, phantom load. You know what, Tessa? I'm calling BS on phantom loads today. I don't think there's any significant pull. You know, I do. I have this fuzzy memory coming back to me from my weatherization days. This would have been probably back like around 2010 or whatever. But I remember going to people's houses and if they had refrigerators that were like predating 2000 manufacture date, like we would increase their average electrical costs that we were calculating. Oh, I... I totally believe it, Tess. Yeah. So I feel like it is a thing. It it is a thing of the past. It's like if you have a refrigerator from 1980 that's (laughs) plugged into your garage or something, like that is going to use a ton more electricity than a refrigerator you buy today. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, but even today's refrigerators, they do use a lot of electricity. I mean, my my refrigerator was actively running when I was shutting stuff off and I, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to pull it out. So I just flipped the breaker. And uh, th- there was a big drop in my in my power mm. usage for my entire house, just hmm. shutting off the refrigerator. The refrigerator? Well, yeah. so that would be interesting. What would you, if you were to rank like the top three most expensive appliances in your house, electrical usage wise, what yeah. do you think they would be? Oh man, that's tough. I, I'd say floor heat. Cool. Got some floor heat in Anna's basement office and we've got floor heat in the basement bathroom. Those are gigantic users of electricity. Okay. Back when I had a working hot tub, that would have been one with a number one with a bullet. <laughs> I mean, you've got a 240-volt heater and then these huge 240-volt pumps. I mean, everything that every time that would kick on, I mean, it would just it, it would it would be a major spike. The in lights in your house would dim. Just about, yeah. <laughs> Now that that's not working anymore, so I don't have a working hot tub. But floor heat, any any type of electric resistance heat, yeah, that's going to use a lot of power. My computer uses a lot. One interesting thing, I I went out to my garage to to unplug the refrigerator, and I flipped on my garage lights. And you know, Tess, I like a lot of light, especially in the garage. And I've got. LED lights all over the garage. I mean, I've got like this row of these four foot strips and then I've got those super duper tri-bulb things that you screw into the light sockets to replace a traditional bulb. And then I've got all these other lights underneath my shelves. So, I mean, it's like, (laughs) I mean, you can almost hear the electrical on when you turn on the lights. And they're all LEDs. You need your sunglasses. Just about. My garage is really bright, but they're all LEDs. So I kind of thought, you know, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. Even so, even though they're all LEDs, I've got so stinking many of them. It draws about 500 watts when I turn on my garage lights. Really? So so that was an eye opener for me. And I thought, boy, don't ever leave those lights on at night. 
if I'm leaving the house, don't ever forget to shut those off. This is not one or two little bulbs. This is a lot of power I'm using yeah. to light up my garage. Yeah. So that, yeah. That was interesting. Huh. I remember when I was a kid, I, you know, I'd always leave my light on for my bedroom. I remember my dad always telling me like, don't you like turn off your light, you know, typical teenager. Yeah. And I mean, today with LED light bulbs and like one or two light bulbs for an overhead light, it's not drawing hardly anything. No, no, it's not. My, my daughter has these, these lights. They're kind of like Christmas lights or something that she's got under her bed. Yeah. And she basically never turns them off. Uh And I don't make any stink about it. But for this test, that was one of the things that I unplugged, just getting ready to unplug stuff, thinking this is a draw. And I watched my power meter. Mm -hmm. It didn't even change it a bit. I mean, it was like less than a watt. And so I just kind of shrugged and I went, yeah, good. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It is a mindset shift, I feel like, from what I was taught and what I was told, you know, 20 years ago even 10 years ago to the reality of today. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get some, maybe some hate mail from this one, Ruben. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it, it doesn't fit the narrative that people have ingrained in their heads. Yeah. And they're going to look for some hole in what I did. And, you know, if, if there is a hole in what I did, if I'm wrong, I, I would love to hear about it. I, mean, I wouldn't love, but I would appreciate it. <laughs> I should hear about it. Let us know. Yeah. 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 No, it is. It's interesting. I'm glad that you did that experiment and that you have those uh, those tools to be able to make those assessments. It's fun to have that stuff. It is interesting to know what your big drivers are for your electric bill. All right, cool. Well, I will. Uh, I will surely have a blog post talking about this, and I'll do a YouTube video as well to go along with the podcast just to share these results. And Sounds good. Bottom line is, if you're leaving town. Shut stuff off. I mean, be smart about it. If your refrigerator is going to be 100% empty, you can have nothing left in there, go ahead and unplug it and then crack the door so it doesn't get all funky. But otherwise, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to use power. Leave it plugged in. But as far as, you know, clocks and TVs and all that stuff, I say don't waste your time. Unplugging just, them. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot bigger fish to fry. Hmm. Well, thanks for that insight, Ruben. Good advice. Certainly. Well, thank you, Tessa. I think that'll wrap up this episode. See you next time.